No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Masters. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Welcome to the Transform You Live show. Get inspired and motivated to make a real transformation in your life and business using the power of optimism and mental focus. For more information, visit TransformYouBroadcast.com. That's Transform the Letter U Broadcast.com. Now let's make way for your host, Marcus Paul. Hello, my people, my people. Welcome back to another amazing show uh, with your host, Marcus Hart. Uh, today we have a very, very, very special guest uh, with me today. He is uh, great among other things, and he's just uh, one of, like, just one, in my opinion, uh, epitome of expression. Uh, when I say that, he's a painter, sculptor, illustrator, cartoonist, playwright, director, actor, poet, short story writer, and novice. Mr. Elijah Boygan is who I'm talking about. He freely admits he could know a heaven a lot more about all these things if, if, and things much more about the things he's planning to do um, in his free time, and, and which he was born in Mobile, Alabama, but, in, but raised in Detroit, Michigan. He's blessed. Have to have survived, you know, enough of his own ignorance and stupidity to graduate from the College of Creative Studies with a bachelor's degree in fine arts. So we're going to talk about that and much, much more. So, Mr. Boykin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing excellent. You know, so you you also the author of uh, Alfonso's Gentle. Um, am I saying that correctly? Alfonso Gentle, correct? Yeah, Alfonso Gento. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he, a character he, I wrote about in high school. So uh, I kind of updated him to modern times, you know, in the 21st century, and uh, decided to write about him again. But rather than in a short story vein, I decided I'd write about him as a character in a novel, and that's exactly what I've done. Wow, that, that's phenomenal! Like, I mean, I mean, but I'm, I'm looking at just your resume here, man. You, you, you have. Definitely, you know, are multi-dimensional, uh, you know, when it comes to fine arts, and you know, and I don't think it's just coming from, you know, um, as you, as you put it, your own ignorance and stability, you know, um, in the creative studies uh, college. You know, this is definitely something. You know, um, it's, it looks like maybe, you know, um, coming back from your background, you know. Is, is, would you say that this is a passion that, you know, maybe came over the years? Well, I don't know exactly. You see, um, um, when I was much younger, between 5 and 11, I was good at pretty much everything, you know. I was captain of the science class. I was captain of my social studies class, you know, and I 
you know, this girl, one of my classmates in elementary school, you know, she sneered at me and looked at me with a frown and said, you think you're big stuff, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just having a good time. I, I think my, my family life was really good. My mother and father were getting along with each other because they were creating the family, you know, and, and making sure there's lots of books in the home and we were having a lot of activities as far as the Boy Scouts and taking us to see Spartacus at the drive-in. I think my father took us on a bus one time. We saw two uh, movies in the same day. I think we saw Hercules and we saw um, uh, Sleeping Beauty uh, in the same day. So he, he really lavished a lot of love on us, so, as my mother did as well. And uh, you know, I was really feeling you know, pretty uptone between 5 and 11. But then as I entered puberty, because um, um, I'd be in music class and uh, the students would always want me to tell stories when the teacher would be uh, uh, would, would, would get a note and she'd be uh, requested to go to the office. She, she'd leave the class open to, for talent show and instead of getting somebody to, to sing or tell a joke, though that happens sometimes, a lot of the, my classmates would ask me to tell a story. And I got the idea, you know, I, I could take this even further. And uh, when I was about 15, I wrote my first novel, and uh, I also wrote a three-act play. It was loosely based on uh, some scenes I'd seen in The Adventures of Robin Hood, but also in another movie called uh, The Kentuckian, uh, starring Burt Lancaster. And uh, both of the things, you know, went very well. But uh, the novel, uh, it took me a long time to do a, a second and a third draft of it, you know. So uh, it, it was a little bit more than I bargained, you know, but... Uh, it, 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 it had its thrills and delights, but it's still, when I started writing uh, in a novelistic vein, it was almost like opening a Pandora's box because a, a lot of, you know, very strange and uh, unusual experiences, you know, proceeded from that. And that is, that is awesome. That is totally inspiring. You know, um, do you ever, you know, sit back and, you know, um, Recount some of some of your experiences, and you know, and and as and, you know, maybe even as you were writing uh, this current current um, book, and um, you know, maybe you know, see see yourself, you know, kind of like uh, stepping outside of like you know your current time, and you know, you, you can like, actually like um, you know um, relive some of these moments and say. You know, wow, you know, you know, there I am there, there I am there, and, you know, okay, and this is how I can use some of, like, um, some of what I did here and, you know, um, make it better now. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's like as you get older, I think life assumes a kind of perspective. You can see, oh, that's why that happened to me, you know. Oh, man, yeah, if that hadn't happened, it wouldn't have led to this, you know, that type of thing, you know. And it's just really fascinating because you'll puzzle about some things, you know, and then the answer will come to you, you know, why it happened, you know, a certain experience, you know, with a loved one, you know, or in a love affair or, you know, as, as far as a performance of a play. Oh, wow, that, that's what it is, you know. Uh, that's what that experience was teaching me, you know. And uh, it's always good to come to that point where, you know, you actually get a life lesson from a prior experience, you know, so that you can you feel better equipped to face reality in present time. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, many people don't do that, you know, and um, and, and many people don't, you know, um, oftentimes they try to try to hide away and shy away from, um, you know, the things of the past and they only, they only want to, you know, bring up the good things and, you know, and, and unlike you, you know, you, you know, you just, you know, you say, well, you know, even, even, even the bad things I'm, I'm even uh, able to be grateful for it. And um, I'm, I can capitalize on those things. And we must appreciate you even, you know, bringing that up. So that's that's great. You know, um, one thing you you know count you account for your uh, many influences uh, is Alice Haley. So um, uh, so has Alice Haley um, been also um, uh, very inf- influential in some of your plays as well, playwriting ability and um, and other uh, bits of your work. Well, see, I, I had this. Uh... Homeroom. He was also uh, he was actually my mentor. He was meant to be my mentor in high school. You know, he had done writing, but he was really more of an educator. He was a great educator. You know, and uh, you know a a guy named Pierre Renner, and uh, he somehow collared Alex Haley when he was at the airport and uh, arranged to chauffeur him in a sense over to this convention for uh, English teachers here in Detroit. I think it was at the University of Detroit. And uh, he got me to meet him so that I would see, you know, and, and could kind of, you know, butt heads with a guy who really was, you know, uh, a successful writer in, in, in a particular vein. At that particular time, Alex Haley was promoting the autobiography of Malcolm X, and he was just working on Roots, you know, and um, mm-hmm. he invited me and another playwright, we were pretty popular in high school, to uh, meet with him. I don't know what floor is a high floor in the Pontchartrain, uh, in the Pontchartrain Hotel. And uh, you could see he was still, he had a page of roots in his typewriter. He, he was still working on it. <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember, it was in the 70s, I believe, the early 70s. And... Um, uh, uh, we thought he was going to come out with it, you know, like that year, the next year. But it was four or five years, and I was uh, working with another study group, and uh, we saw an article about him in Reader's Digest. He had finally come out with this book, Roots, you know. And, uh, hey, Elijah, this guy, this guy, you said uh, you once met and talked to him. I said, yeah, well, this is, they talk about his book. You know, I said, oh, yeah, it sure took him a while, didn't it? But, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it. And, and it, was, it was roots. But um, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to hear him speak. And he, he was a natural storyteller because uh, people like me, you know, we, we got to put in the sound effects, the screams, and we got to <laughs> jerk it and, along and stuff like that and like a roller coaster but he wasn't like that at all you know he he could talk the way you talked you know and uh the more he talked the more absorbed you became in the narrative that he was spinning and i mean he'd just be talking the way you're talking right now you know but it it would like just go on for hours you know and it it was like it just get more interesting as he talked but he had this natural gift for narrative flow, you know, where it, it just moved like the clouds did, you know, and, and then you never got uh, bored 
aren't interested, you know. But, uh, you know, he, he talked about how he's working on roots, you know. And then he stopped at a certain point. But you could tell, you know, it, it's like you had dipped your foot in the stream of eternity, you know, when you listen to him talk. You know, you could, he'd just go on, and then you would never, you could listen to him all day. So he, he was that type of a writer, you know. Now, he wasn't, I don't believe he was that highly imaginative, though I've only read two of his books. That's the autobiography of Malcolm X and Roots. And I know he has a third one that's called Queen, the one that I've got to read. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he was a very interesting fellow, you know. But as, as I say, um, uh, my, um, my uh, accent is more on the highly imaginative, highly speculative type of fiction, such as you find in... Uh, uh, the works of Isaac Asimov, or um, who else? Um, well, one, one of my my favorite writers is Thornton Wilder. I like the stuff that he did with Time, in uh, the Bridges, the Bridge of San Luis Rey. Another guy. Oh, he, he wrote another book called Theophilus North. I really liked, and uh, of course, uh, I, I think my favorite book or plot pattern is what they call the Cinderella plot pattern, or or um, what they call rags and riches too, as, as, as I think it's the same thing. But um, where where a person has a transformative experience as far as their character and their personality, stories like Robinson Crusoe, Les Miserables, the, the, that type of story. You know, I'm really interested in that. And of course, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X was was sort of a Cinderella story as well. You know, where this guy came. You know, out of nothing, out of the gutter, just about, you know, and, and transformed himself, you know, in, into like, you know, one of the uh, iconic leaders of uh, the black experience and black consciousness. Right. So, um, so those stories I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely, you know, and I mean, you know, and I, I can, I can see, you know, why, you know, you know, um, you, you. Um, are you know um, attracted to those those type of stories and you know um, you know just just the influences that you know that occurred in your own life and 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 just and just just the types of things that you know you you're doing you know um, and even even in this book Alfonso um, Gentle um, tell us a little bit about a little bit about this book you know and and and, and what's going on here. Well, this guy is kind of like a modern-day Hamlet, really. Uh, he's a Detroit Hamlet, you could say. He, he figure figures a lot, and, uh, you know, he makes plans, he maneuvers, he strategizes, and he tells the reader, you know, he's got everything figured out, you know. And uh, At one point, he tries to explain to the reader how <laughs> he, he knows this girl is going to be, you know, one of his lovers because he's already <laughs> made mm-hmm. his moves, you know, like, 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 Life is chess, or something like that. You know, it's just kind of interesting to hear him, you know, uh, just uh, spout off like that. You know, but uh, by the end of the book, you can see where all this figure, figure, and calculating and uh, yeah. philosophizing is leading to. <laughs> you know, it, 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 like I say, it, it, it doesn't really come out exactly uh, as he had planned for it to do. It, life doesn't go completely his way. Put it that way, you know. And, and, and so I, I imagine it's it, it's somewhat similar to the catcher in the rye, but I, I, I like I said I think I think I hit one out of the park with this one. I I didn't expect it to um, to uh, to uh, 
expressed the level of profundity that uh, it, the level of profundity that it reached. You know, actually surprised me even. You know, at the end, I, even I. So uh, it was sort of like what uh, Buckminster Fuller says: if you know what you're thinking about before you start thinking, you're not really doing any thinking. You know, the whole process of thinking is to discover a new thought, you know, and that's what happened with this book. I, I was fortunate enough to have that experience while I wrote this novel. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and um, one, one of the things that, you know, uh, we, we all, we all need is, you know, is, um, uh, something that, that expresses that, that love, that, a level of uh, of thinking um, in in the in the writer, um, you know that that higher that higher level of depth, um, and um, and that ability uh, to to have that that amount of depth in in, um, in the, um, mm-hmm. the the style of writing. Uh, so so um, one one thing also that that kind of stuck out to me is like. You know um, the importance of like dignity and strength. You know, um, so so how important that is that to you um, in in your life? And you know, um, uh, where are you with that right now? Well, I can give you three examples of that. See, I, I believe that like uh, as I wrote on the, the back cover of my novel, my mother and father they just naturally seem to embody that. Okay, and people that come from down south seem to have a firmer grip on that, but they also have a warmth and compassion about them that seems to diminish as they move to the cities and become involved in a more highly technological society. I've noticed a change; light seems to dim, or even at times go out. You know, and uh, well, I'll notice like uh, when we're watching television, (laughs) like you know. I might be watching, you know, uh, like a Marvel Universe or movie that's got, you know, lots of explosions in it and whatnot. <laughs> My sister be yeah. watching John Wick <laughs> do his gung fu, you know. Yeah, and I love Marvel. be watching Family Feud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mar- Marvel was one of my early influences as far as a writer, you know. And that's really one of the things that helped launch me off as a writer, you know. Because as I told you when I was in elementary school, I was good at everything. And, you know, people thought I was too full of myself, you know. But uh, there was a character in one of uh, the Marvel comics, Doctor Strange. He he was he was very similar to the way I was when I was between five and eleven, because uh, you know he's very proud of his ability as a surgeon. You know, he's yeah. very arrogant. Uh, but then when he lost that skill, you know, through a car accident, and and he had to kind of reinvent himself. You know, you, you saw how important humility, humility and compassion was. You know, to cultivate in a person's life. You know, of course, he had to start a new life all over again as as right. a master of the mystic arts. And, uh, but, but he had to learn lessons in humility and, and compassion before he could really get started, you know, uh, on a new career for himself. And the other character was uh, a character you haven't seen in Marvel, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Prince Namor, or Prince Namor, the Submariner. And he was a guy who uh, lost his kingdom. And uh, he was trying to find his He was an undersea character like Aquaman, and he was trying to find his way home, sort of like Odysseus, uh, back to his lost kingdom. 
but they, they had abandoned him, you know, and he didn't know where he was. He searched the oceans and whatnot. And he couldn't find his way back home. But he, he was an interesting character, too. But both those characters kind of piqued my imagination as, as uh, characters and heroes to write about, you know. And I, I really focused on hero tales most of uh, my life as far as my writing, you know, is concerned. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, uh here I am. I'm thinking uh, I'm one. Of, I'm the only person who does that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it, it's it's amazing how you know uh, you know the the hero stories really really does uh, you know you you find a lot of lessons in that and and Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app or go to betmgm.com and enter code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. You know, a lot of life life lessons and the hero stories and um you know um a lot of a lot of spirit there's a lot of spirituality in it and in, in, in so many of these uh hero stories too um uh, you know rather you be spiritual or not you know um you know whatever it means to you you know so you know um but yeah but it, but the transformation is 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 so important and um we, and we we never stop uh transforming um uh, and, and, and you know um and there's transformation even after death. So, so yeah. So I really appreciate uh, you know uh, uh, this this conversation here. So, so it's, right because you know take yourself. You know, you you, you started. Uh, I, I don't know that much about your background. You know, but I know you've done over 200 interviews. You know, and and, and I, I know there probably was a point. You know, you know, when you first did your first interview, you said, okay, well, this is nice. You know, and. Uh, it was good to have had that experience, you know. But who, who did you did you really imagine or envision that you know at this stage you'd done over two hundred of them and, and counting, you know, and, and, and it would be in a sense, you know, a transformative experience for, for you, you know, because you are Marcus Hart, the interviewer for you know a radio program and whatnot. One thing led to another, you know. But I'm sure there's probably other directions you could have gone off into just as well. Did, did you ever, you know, speculate or wonder to yourself why this particular, you know, uh, uh, route I've traveled so successfully, you know, to, to, to come to this point? 
Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes I I do, and I and I actually uh, took a took a pause to think about that today. You know, so you know, and it's quite quite funny. You know, we had this conversation. Yeah, you know, not, not that it's funny, but you know, it's um, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence. You know, all things are not a coincidence, and we, you know, uh, the the <clears throat> you know, we we all come to a certain paths in our lives uh, where we, you know, um, where we must meet a certain certain um, places in the in our reality for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You know, because um, uh, and we were talking about hero tales. You know, heroes tend to represent some type of moral principle. You know. And uh, sometimes they'll win out. More more often than not, we hope they win out, you know, because uh, uh, there was a guy during the black exploitation era. I don't know if you remember that very well. I, you know, I grew up through it, you know, but uh, there was a guy named Fred Williamson. Uh, he was in movies like Black Caesar and uh, The Legend of Nigger Charlie and stuff like that. But he said he had three rules, and... Uh, I distilled them down to the three laws of Fred Williamson, you know. Uh, I think it was, um, I have to win the fight, you can't kill me, and I have to get the girl in the end, you know. <laughs> and those were his three laws, or else he wouldn't do the movie, you know, because he was this big shot movie star, you know. But um, I was just publishing field, especially in, in the field of the novel, a lot of times the novels that tend to do well, you know, the novels where um, the uh, character uh, comes across as some type of victim of oppression or exploitation, something that he, he can't work his way out of. You, you see that in a novel like Native, Native Son, also right. an Invisible Man. And uh, there was a novel that uh, Chinua Achibi, I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly, wrote called Things Fall Apart. Well, you were talking about dignity and, um, I believe, uh, strength and self-respect. Uh, a lot of times the uh, lead characters start out either having these things or desiring these things, but they find that as they confront, you know, uh, the Western sensibility or the Western consciousness or the white reality, you know, these things become diminished or, or nullified into almost nothingness, you know, and they feel like victims, you know, of uh, the white reality. And, and it was just recently I, I realized uh, um, uh, people often wonder what the black reality is, you know, and, and here in America it is a very specific thing. But as, as I say, as you get older, you, you kind of can distill things out, you know, and, and that's what I've done, you know, with particular with my particular life. But... Um, the black reality here in America is the whole thing of having another group reality superimposed over yours, okay? And so you've got to figure a way how to maneuver or extricate, extricate your reality or, or, or transcend above this superimposition of another's reality so that you can forge and create your own reality in a new unit of time and, and it, with a particular kind of freedom that you might not have been privy to before. And, and that, that's it in a nutshell, you know. But uh, like I said, I, I used to wonder about that. But it, as you get older, you know, things kind of distill out and you can see things, you know, just 
what they really are, and, and, and that's all there is to it. So, okay, that, that, that's what you know the African American is grappling uh, with here in this country. You know, he, he has had another reality superimposed on his. You know, he got the adopted language, the clothes, uh, uh, the thought matrices, uh, everything. You know, because that's the winning thing to do. Because that, that's what you know sort of defeated him. But uh, his own thought matrices, you know, he will discover or she will discover. And in his own language, his own way of doing things is often the route out back into, you know, the type of reality that he was able to postulate and create before, you know, uh, the trauma of having somebody else's reality forced upon him and for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the, the beauty of art, art is, is that, like, um, you know, with a with a blank canvas, you can do anything. You know, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. and um, and I, I just I, I just keep um, I keep I keep looking towards that, and and uh, and I think the best way to transcend it through that is um, you know, keep keeping a, a keeping a couple of <laughs> a couple of canvases handy. <laughs> so. Right, keep a, you know. gave a couple canvases handy, and uh, and then you, you learn more about the multiverse. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah, so, you know, yeah. Isn't it funny? Because the hardest thing for a person to confront is the fact that they're nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it's out of this nothing that comes everything. <laughs> exactly. It, it's like what uh, Kurt Vonnegut said. He said, uh, 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 I think he said, infinity is nothing with a twist, you know, and, yeah. and, and he's right, zero is nothing, is, is, is nothing true, but you twist it in the middle and you get infinity, you know, and, and so out of nothing comes everything, you know, but it, it's hard for a person, it's hard for me, you know, I, I, I sat here uh, in the kitchen one time, I, you know, that, where I had to write this short story, I said, okay, now write, you know. And, and I, I didn't know what, you know, I, I, no reference to anything. I wanted to just start writing, you know. And I yeah. just started writing, you know, uh, out of my own, you know, thoughts and feelings and attitudes and whatnot. And it was funny because that was one of the best short stories I wrote in this particular volume uh, called Tales Times Ten. You know, and I was surprised because I, I wasn't really referencing anything. I, I was just pulling it out of the nothingness that was me, you know. And uh, it was very vivid, very real, you know, and it, it all aligned and it all logically fell into place. You know, I, I was just surprised, you know. A lot of times we think we have to go to something outside ourselves, you know, in order to uh, create a work of art or, or, or literature or something like that. Or we, we, we've got to uh, imitate, you know, the grace and whatnot. But, but all that's inside you, you know, if you can just access it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, I... I think um, science does a, a good job of like uh, I don't know if it's science or if I, you know well you know you got this debate between science and um, and and then things of like spiritual um, components of you got both like battling the two together then you got some people who put the two together but like you know um, but if you just look in the mirror you know um, you will see you know um, some of the similar similar things that you will look up in the sky you'll see. And um, and it's you know it's pretty amazing, you know. So you you know you look at your hands and and um, and then you look at a leaf, 
and you'll see see the things that are uh, vain that um, are, that you see on the leaf. So, you know, so we you know we all connected in some shape of shape or form, and you know, and um, so um, there's there's something higher than us, um, bigger than us that is operating at all times, and you know we got to find a way to operate within these constructs to um, to out out. I don't think we can outwit the system, but um, you know I'm sure we can operate outside of it, some and within it, some way. Well, you can create your own system. You know, people often yeah. do. You know, uh, Oprah Winfrey is a good example of that. This guy named Byron Allen very quietly, you know, amassed several hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, who, who would have thought he was, you know, working, you know, to do that, but. Uh, you can create your own universe. That's the whole point, you know. But uh, you know, you, you've got to be, you got to exercise a certain type of wisdom about it, you know, because uh, this universe, this physical universe, will punish people, you know, that don't uh, line up and uh, uh, swear by the party oath, you know, which is that, you know, this physical universe is all, it's everything, you know, and and you mustn't ever consider that you can create anything that's equal to it, you know. Yeah. But of course, you know, it it it. it, it it itself is just, you know, a bunch of people getting together and, and uh, like stone soup, putting something in the pot, you know, and then and, and reaching a common denominator that, okay, now, now we've got something that's that's palatable, you know, we, we, we can eat this soup, you know, because we've all contributed something to this, you know, but uh, yeah, you, know, you, can create, you can create your own thing, you know, but uh, there's a certain, you know, with each person, I think the journey is different. But, uh, you know, there's a certain step, you, certain uh, number of steps you have to go through, you know, to get to the point, like, like John Coltrane, you know, because uh, he started playing my favorite things one way, you know, the, the standard way, and just embellishing it, you know. And then he opened up between uh, the uh, courses, you know, and started to play more of his own improvisation. And then eventually just used my favorite things as a launching pad into his own thing, you know, his own universe, you know. And he never looked back, but it, it was like he was a, he was emerging out of a cocoon, so to so to speak, you know, where eventually he could be this type of new beingness, you know, in music that uh, had never really been expressed or or uh, uh, put out before. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you know, we greatly appreciate you, uh, Mr. Blake. I mean, we we you know, I know we you can talk all day. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. So, so yeah, you know, we know, like this. This has been a great conversation here, and uh, you know, like uh, I, I want you to go ahead and do us a favor. You know, once you, once you, once you tell us where we can find that, find that book, or you know, any other thing else, you know, you, you got, you, you, you got available out there for us. You know, so sure. Uh, and uh, Global House Summit has put out the best edition yet. You know. Yeah. Uh, the illustrations for each chapter, and I think it's six chapters. But uh, you can find it on the Internet. Um, Barnes & Nobles has it, and the, it's reasonably priced. I think it's uh, uh, standard price is between uh, 16 to about $19, I think. Uh, I think that's soft cover. But at any rate, you can find it at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, uh, of course at Global Summit House, you know. And uh, I, I just urge you to uh, pick it up, read it, you know. And, and um, I have a website, www.boykinverse.com. You know, if you have any comments you want to make, you, you can always reach me there. And uh, 
But uh, yeah, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, and uh, uh, those are the two uh, principal sites that uh, you can reach that. But if if you just put in Alfonso Gentle by Elijah Boykin, you can see all the different places where you know it's offered. And as I say, you know, I I, I think you'd be entertained by it if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely put get my hands on it, and you know, and uh, take part in you know uh, anything you got going for, moving forward. You know, I. As I said, this has been, you know, very, you know, um, soluble, you know, and um, very, you know, um, filling uh, conversation here. And, you know, I greatly appreciate, you know, all that you're doing, you know, and contributing to, to this world. You know, um, we we definitely need more people like you. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's definitely much appreciated. You know, um, full gratitude um, for you. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you do, because, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun just to uh, explore ideas with people, you know, and new techniques for survival and, and to learn new things, you know, that you, you can use that will benefit yourself and hopefully others, you know, in a fair exchange. But, uh, yeah, I just finished uh, a fourth poetry book called The United States of Africa. So I'm working to uh, uh, have that come out and promote that, uh, hopefully on my website, you know. And and to move on from there, but uh, one of the things I found, and, and I think it might be good therapy for, especially for African Americans here in this country, I, I realize, you know, as, like everybody's journey is unique. You know, you, you, as you get older, you you, you see that because, you know, at a certain point in life, a stage of life, usually, in, I, I think, well, in my middle age, I put it that way, you know, you, you say, oh man, I, I, I should have done this. I, or if this had happened, I would have done that, or or I could have done this. But but when you get older, you you, you can see, almost like Morgan Freeman said, <laughs> that things actually turned out pretty much as they should have, you know, <laughs> according to you know your temperament and your psychological disposition, and, and whatnot, you know. But um, the the thing that I wanted to say is that um, I noticed that. Uh, because my father just recently passed, and uh, I, I just recently found out that uh, when he was down south in Mobile, Alabama, he wanted to start with this partner of his, a tailoring shop. It was going to be called Bo Bremos, you know. And I also remembered that my mother at one point had uh, attempted to start a restaurant, and uh, she uh, was making this hamburger. I'll, I'll never forget it because it, it was a good hamburger, you know. And I, I was working as a janitor at McDonald's, and, and I realized while I was working there that they were selling these hamburgers by the billions. But actually, when I, me and my brother were running around as kids in my, my mother's restaurant, she actually was making a better product, hamburger, than McDonald's, you know, because people would, would, you know, come in and, and they would just rave about her hamburger. And I remember there was a show on television, uh, it was a news show, where they talked about this uh, lady who made this particular kind of hamburger. And she was featured on the news, you know, where people were standing a line, you know, waiting to get into her restaurant to eat this hamburger. But the point I'm trying to make, you know, and I, I'm making a short story long, I'm sure, but is that um, I think one of the things that would be a therapy for African Americans here in this country is, is to have some experience running their own business, you know. And the reason why I, I think running their own business is good for African Americans is because, quite simply, they wouldn't have to work for white people, you know. And I, I, I think running their own business, being their own boss, is good for them because working for white people, the history of this has not been good, you know. So uh, I, I think that 
experience of self-determination, you know, being their, being their own boss and, and having people that, you know, they can give orders and directions to is a good thing and a good therapy for them. The other thing I, I, I think is this United States of Africa, and it's just a thought experiment. It's just a concept to, uh, to fool around with in the mind, you know, but it, it's a good thing, you know, because uh, it, it's, it's a therapy. It, it, it gets you off of the blame game about, you know, everything bad has been caused by white people, which is, you know, it's, it, it, it's just an old saw that, for one thing, isn't true, you know, but it, it, it goes around in circles. It, it, it doesn't really lead you to any positive gain, you know, as a spiritual being. But this United States of Africa, it, 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 it's a good therapeutic thing because it kind of shifts the viewpoint to, well, what if if we had a country or a world power comparable to the United States of America? What would it be like? What would our government be like? What would our social organization be like? What would our economy be like? What would, what would the national language be? It, it, it brings up new thoughts that I, I think are very interesting to explore and, and sort of healthy and therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are definitely interesting uh, uh, conversations we, that we, we definitely need to uh, take a look at it, you know, uh, and, and much, much more. And uh, Mr. Boykin, and uh, we we greatly appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your you know busy schedule to you know, uh, chat with us and you know share much of um, all that you have. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, you know, we we're going to uh, uh, definitely close out the show. I want you to uh, hold briefly hold the line here. Um, so we, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls out there. So we just had. Uh, a uh, conversation with Mr. Elijah Boykin. Uh, he is the author of Alfonso Gentle. Uh, so make sure you do check him out and uh, much, much more of all he got going on. The book is available at all book distributions. Uh, so until next time, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.